0: I'm Dave Monaco, the Allenmeyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle Podcast. So we have come to the end of the podcast season and what an interesting one it turned out to be. We began back in August with psychologist Dr. Robert Evans, author Charles Vogel, and College President Paul LeBlanc helping us to frame the year's theme. Belonging. From the insights of those experts on the dimensions of belonging and the innate need we humans have to connect deeply to relationships that enrich us, and to work which provides meaning, we took off. We welcomed co-host Amari Hayes along the way to explore what belonging and fit mean from the perspective of students. We considered identity, our own, as individuals and parishes as an institution, with voices from both inside and outside the parish gates. And we explored the complicated relationship between belonging and the technology-laden and complex global society with nationally renowned figures like Todd Rose and Marion Underwood. Of course, with no small degree of irony, our last three episodes, with parish students, parish parents, and Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, have shifted our conversation not in theme, but in topic. The pandemic has upended life as we knew it on March 12th, but not diminished the centrality of belonging as a theme of focus. In fact, it has only served as a proof point to the very premise of the 22 episodes of the From My Angle podcast this season, that belonging matters to us at a deep and fundamental level. Perhaps one enduring repercussion of the pandemic will be our collective intent to cherish belonging more, to uphold commitment to community, to preserve space and schedules for connection, to be grateful for places that enable us to gather together. So for this 23rd and final podcast of the season, I thought one set of voices needed to be heard, members of the parish faculty, It is these professionals who are the glue that binds our school community together and who, in these last two months, have been asked to preserve a sense of belonging and connection as our program shifted from face-to-face to a distance model. Kindergarten teacher Laura Rogers, middle school science instructor Kevin Rock, and upper school biology and psychology instructor and soccer program director Craig Savage joined me in this episode to discuss living and teaching in these pandemic times. I hope you enjoy my conversation with these representatives of our amazing faculty and staff at Parrish. Welcome to From My Angle podcast, the 23rd and final edition of the 2019-2020 school year. And boy, had I been able to forecast back in August when I chose the belonging theme that we would spend the last four episodes of this season Talking about what it feels like to not belong to the place that we the places that we like to belong to, or to not see the people we desire to connect with, I would have had an incredible, um, an incredible headline and and quite a prognostication to make. But who knew? And who could have understood that this theme would uh, resonate in such a way and end in such a vivid example of what belonging feels like or doesn't feel like? And so we're going to finish it up today, I think, with the most appropriate group to talk with. Spoke in recent episodes with parents at, from parish with some parish students about learning from a distance. We even had Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman from Mississippi on to talk about leading in the pandemic and, and what that's been like in his state. But I wanted to get some faculty members on panting and tired, striving and reaching for the finish line here just a week away. We're on the uh, we're, we're on the last leg and uh, here what the pandemic has been like for them. So welcome, uh, friends. Thank you for doing this. Um, let me have you go around, and and we'll start with the elder statesman of the group, Craig. Tell us a bit about your parish story, what you teach and coach and sponsor. How long you have been here? Any other affiliations that you might have as a parent or alum parent at parish? Take it away.
1: Sure, I'm just finishing up my 15th year at parish, teaching AP Biology, AP Psychology. I teach a Psychology of Leadership in our in- Leadership Institute, and um, the head co- soccer coach. So, um, in addition to that, uh, I'm also an alumni parent with three of my kids having graduated from parish. So. <laughs> yes, the elder statesman for
0: sure. Yeah, and a spouse of a parish employee, just to make Correct. sure we round it completely off. Laurie Savage is Director of Human Resources, at Craig's uh, spouse. So he covers a lot of bases. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for giving us a little background.
2: Uh, thank you. Um, again, so my name is Kevin Rock. I, uh, this is my eighth year at parish. Um, and I am the middle school science subject area coordinator, teach seventh grade science, and the middle school boys uh, soccer coach.
0: A lot of work in our extend programming too in the afternoons. And so you who are uh, parents of lower school students uh, may have had some interaction with Kevin as well in that regard. And the relative newcomer uh, to the group appropriately, as we work down division from uh, upper school down to the lower school. We have our uh, newest ar- arrival to, ca- to the campus community, uh, Laura Rogers. Uh, Laura, welcome.
3: Hi, I am Laura Rogers, and I am a kindergarten teacher and a subject area coordinator for kindergarten as well. Um, this is my third year at Parish. I am also a Parish parent, so I have a four-year-old that is rising to the pre-K-4 program as well as an incoming fourth and fifth grader.
0: So. Yes, we're glad to have the two boys uh, joining Keen here, and uh, you've had a busy house. So uh, needless to say, we'll get into that as we talk about uh, our professional and personal experiences here through the pandemic. But I really have wanted to start with the parents and the students we've had on really, like talking about it just just disassociated from parish itself. Like we're going through this 100 year event and, you know, trying to capture what the pandemic has meant to you in the context of your generation or your life experience. Like, what are some words that you're using to. Sort of describe how this has all struck you now that we're almost two months into it. So, Laura, let's reverse let's reverse order here. Like when you've tried to place this in the context of your life, how are you doing? So,
3: um, I think I'm unpacking a little bit every day emotionally, uh, just to kind of say that I vacillate pretty evenly between care and concern, and um, also just hope and gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not that a pandemic is a milestone, but when I look back at the milestones in my life, I think about just becoming a parent for the first time and having that first baby and just kind of not knowing what was going on, just kind of just so confused. And I remember being like, you, now you really don't know what's going on. Like, this is like just the most confused I have probably ever been in my life, but, um, still have the foundation um that things are hopeful and um and gratitude for my health and um the situation that i'm in right now
0: yeah that's well that's well said we've all been there in that parent that parent feeling of uncertainty and that's hopeful because you know we end up finding our way through it you know you don't know where you are but if you stay at it it, it comes it comes out kevin how about you where, where are you placing where are you placing this in your life context uh I, I would definitely
2: say it's it's epic for me in terms of it's it's just um something very new um being on lockdown being on stay at home orders um just navigating that situation has been kind of new i would kind of say i'm i'm kind of a easygoing person just in general but um throughout this space there there have been days where you know you just have to manage your emotions for me at least so some days just being kind of apathetic as to I don't know what I what I can do about it and so I'm just kind of here right Um, and so the loss of true structure um, was a little bit difficult for me Um, you know um, and so just Trying to manage boundaries of schoolwork and home life, and everyone's here, and just a lot of things were different. So, but and then some days I wake up, and you know, I'm grateful for having family and everyone's healthy, and you know, not being directly impacted by it, like health-wise, or knowing anyone that passed away from it personally. So, um, you know, um, just a, a lot of changing emotions, but it's it's been. Um, interesting and, and just being having to manage those those emotions and decisions as an adult. Um, I would say, so. I've, you know, when I was younger, growing up on the island, we had a, a government takeover where the country was on lockdown and curfew, but I was a kid, right? So I didn't have to make any decisions around that. I just had to be a part of the curfew. But now as an adult, having to make decisions and decide, okay, do we go out? Do we stay in a little longer? Just how to navigate that that has yeah. been a little bit different.
0: Yeah, the interpretation so, of those rules are really can be can be complicated. You grew up in Trinidad and Tobago. And so yeah, that's the, now you're probably looking back at your youth experience, maybe with a different a, a different lens from the future from the future too. Yeah. And so Craig, like you and I are the 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 relative gray hairs generationally. So I think of 9-11 and but you know, we we didn't live in Vietnam, you know, when we were really young, but uh, you know, I just haven't. I have. I didn't feel like I've lived through something of generational import, like something that would really shift the uh, very way that the that the future uh, uh, direction of our country our world went. Like I, except for nine eleven, I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, so to me, it it really is r- remarkable, remarkable in its uniqueness. I don't know how you're seeing it um, as one who's more of an age peer to me. Well,
1: first of all, it's not. It's it's real gray hair, not retro. You just have cut yours off, but I'm, mine's still here, but, um, Yeah, you know it's weird that you said that because I had, you know, I I did prep a little bit for this and I that's that's kind of what I wrote down. It's like every generation has their their crisis, right? And yep. we we've been relatively fortunate that we're I'm I'm too young to connect with the civil rights movement. I'm too young to understand the major war conflicts, right? We 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 lived in the the Gulf War and the Afghanistan, thing, but it seems so far away and so foreign that it doesn't really impact. Or, it never impacted our day to day. And yep. even 9/11, while That was this flashbulb moment where our country did change because we our feeling of safety went away of that, of of, of those things happened other places. Um, but even now we've gotten complacent from that, and so it's like this is the first event that our generation is going to own. And it's kind of like from this point forward, I I really do feel like um, it's going to be a huge spark for social change. Uh, in terms of how we how we frame leadership moving forward. And certainly, as, as people who do what we do, uh, it's going to a major shift probably in how education from here on forward goes. Um, it, it, it's it's going to, it's finally we have our thing, unfortunately, that our generation is going to have to look back as that's the, the challenge we tackled.
0: Yeah, that pivot that pivot point, And it's global. Like 9-11 was global in a sense, but it was really very much of a national uh, issue. So, yeah, really kind of remarkable. And I agree with Kevin and Laura to certainly be like this this Russian range of emotions. Um, I went through it even today, like just as, as it relates to managing the the school where you can feel like, oh, yeah, we got a handle on that. And then the very next minute, you're like, we don't have a handle on that at all, like wh- whatever the decision matrix is. So let's jump to that because your daily life as a teacher, really, as it relates to kind of pivoting to the from a distance platform, you know, March 12th, we're, you know, at school, we're teaching in the schedule that we've known probably for time immemorial and running through the routines of the day and the routines of the year. That was the last day with the students. We met with faculty on Friday the 13th, ironically, March 13th. Hey, you know, we may be out till mid-May. I remember saying to you all thinking, I don't think that'll happen, but we may be. I want to tell them that that's possible. And we started this pivot to, um, to to from a distance over spring break. What what do you remember sitting in chapel that day, Friday, March thirteenth, about what the future might hold, if anything beyond? I'm so glad to be going to spring break, Greg. What, do you remember like what you were thinking that day?
1: Yeah, I, I I remember thinking that if any school can do this, parish can. You know, yeah, we've okay. always we've always held, we've always held on to this thing where. We said, we're, we're never going to use, well, we've always done it this way. We, mm-hmm. We've always, we've, that, that, in that sense, started, well, we've always, we just stopped because we're ready to just always be doing something different. And it was almost like a sense of determination for me personally. It's like yeah, I'm okay. determined to not lose authenticity. I'm determined yeah. to not lose meaningfulness. And it's like you almost have to, um, you know, and I, we are not going to be the school that goes through the motions. I was convinced. Um, I didn't know what it was going to look like exactly. Like, we spent all spring break thinking about it. But I actually left there going, this if any school is prepared for this, we are. Just because yeah. we've, been, we've almost been practicing some of the delivery, at least at the high school level. I, I can't even imagine what yeah. Laura's dealing with with the little kids. I mean, <laughs> Evan's so good with the digital tools, and we've used them so much in middle school that
0: yeah. that I
1: think, but but yeah, I remember thinking,
0: we're ready. We, we yeah, we're ready. ready. Yeah. yeah, and you've been a pioneer in Parish Virtual, our blended. Uh, program which has been in place since 2011 so you you definitely we're we're ready personally and, and have been around the school enough to know it's it's psychology laura were you uh, sensing that this could be as perhaps painful and difficult as it has been teaching lower school kids uh, kindergarten kids remotely or were you just like eh, i just don't know what to make of it
3: i was not like that and I was definitely not as confident as Craig either. <laughs> um, I, I was, I mean, I had Keen there with me, my four-year-old, and I knew that whatever I had to do, he was going to be right there too, because I couldn't send him to perish. So um, it was just very much a like, what on earth am I going to do with five and six-year-olds and my computer? And um, I do, I did have the feeling that I'm like, okay, like, You can fake it till you make it and and parish will support you like i I did have the feeling of that support and um you know i remember being in my classroom with my teaching partner julie kaufman and my four-year-old and just like grabbing things that i had used that were daily essentials and you know julie's over there basically packing a bag for keen because she's like you have to teach him too so um but when it came down to it and you you go through spring break and you figure out what you have and um, my 10 year old is really good at kind of pulling back the curtain on me and he's like what, what is that box for what do you have and I was like oh no you know <laughs> I don't really know what I'm gonna do and he's like you don't know what you're doing I said no but I'm gonna try and um, that's the best I can do so I, I just remember just being like as long as I try. Like all I can do right at this point is try and you know smile.
0: Yeah, so vulnerable. Like so, you were probably left that Friday uh, scared. Like you scared would be kind of a word, right? Like in a way that that Craig sounds confident because he had been there and has the blended space. Yours was almost a, a, there's almost like a professional. I was kind of professionally frightened.
3: Yeah, I mean it's just you, there's there's not a framework for um, virtual kindergarten that I've ever explored so um uh, green i could say yeah. i felt green yeah,
0: yeah. so you're, you're you've now you've now uh you've now definitely plowed some of that uh, that that uh previously fertile ground so uh to, to, to a great combination to you and julie and the others kevin what was your prevailing emotion that day can you pull it back oh Yeah, definitely. I
2: I think it's uh, something unique for being in middle school. So personally, I felt pretty confident, kind of similar to Craig, using digital tools and been delivering things digitally for a while. But also being in that middle school space, personally, I teach seventh grade, but then I have uh, fellow co-workers that teach fifth graders, right? So hearing the concerns of those that teach fifth graders and not being sure if the fifth graders can handle the responsibility and just navigating that space. So while in my own person, I felt pretty comfortable and knew that we'll figure it out, just had yeah. concerns and trying to some of my coworkers that had to deal with, you know, fifth grade concerns and stuff like that. It was, it was kind of a mix a little bit.
0: Yeah, I wonder, I, think, I suspect that might be the way that it was for all, you know, your colleagues. I bet if we went to the lower school and did that scan, um, Laura's sense of uh, of uncertainty and and wonder—it probably was broad broadly felt—and I bet you there was about half and half in the middle of the upper school faculty where, like, okay, I I generally have a a tool set that I can take into this, and uh, I know we'll I know we'll figure it out. And those who are like, uh oh, where am I going to be, where we going to be taking this? But what, as you look back at it now, two months in, what's been harder? Than you expected it would be. I mean, I don't know. It's hard because you probably didn't know what to expect. But like, what's been harder than um, what's been the hardest thing? I guess is the the, the way to say it. And uh, assuming Laura has most of the hard stuff, maybe maybe we'll start there. What's been what's been the hardest of all the hard that you've had to deal with, Laura?
3: Um, I think just the minutiae of technology and um, that support of you know, five year olds figuring out how to mute and unmute your microphone, or they all of a sudden are presenting in the middle of your class meeting and you have a black screen or, you know, parents texting you and emailing you this link isn't working. Um, and also just it's, it's. I love technology and I'm not scared of it, um, but that concurrently learning a platform while you're rolling it out to students
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, was a lot harder yeah like it just more time consuming
0: yeah
3: um, than I expected
0: Craig what's been hard I mean again really fast and uncomfortable with change and comfortable in the online environment what's been harder for you than you anticipated it might have been
1: I think I think it was um the realization like my own energy level like I was super determined and super like um intentional but you know and I move a lot during my classroom and sitting in front of the screen was exhausting mm-hmm. me, and what I realized was that so much of my energy during the day, and I'm probably a true for all of you, was that I was getting the energy from them, and yeah. the energy wasn't coming through the screen as much. Luckily, I had one or two kids in each class that I could, like, almost lean into to, like, hey, come on, help me out here, and they would come through the screen and kind of keep me going or keep the class going, um, but I felt like I had to carry every scene, if, if you want to put it in that respect, and I'm not necessarily like that's I didn't realize how much of the scene carrying was shared when I'm performing in my classroom type of thing and so yeah. not having an audience not having an interaction directly it made I was spending so much more energy making sure I was putting it in there and it made me tired it made me tired
0: yeah just just a completely different level of uh and type of uh exhaustion and uh to back to Laura's point too and yours like the constancy of decision-making that had to go on, much of it in, in new paradigm. I know for me, um, leading the school, like I, I had been in this business long enough that I could lead the school in the mechanics of the normal school year, n- not by any means on, on rope, but with a, with a very comfortable paradigm and a very comfortable schema from which to operate. And we got into this environment where how we met as an administrative team, when we would gather, who was gathering, what we were talking about, the agendas we were following, all was being recreated, and I would leave at the end of the day since I did not have a chance to go out into the hallway and see kids or see you all and get re-energized. i would I was ending my day just feeling like i just gotten socked between the eyes, so I hear that notion of new and tiring. You know, Kevin, as you look at now where you are two months later, what skill are like where are you more competent as a teacher that you think when we get back to normal, whenever that is? Um you'll be carrying that with that confidence with you. Is there an area that's really flourished and in-, in a way that will be sustaining?
2: Uh, hmm, that's a good I-, I think for me it it's it's enhanced because all the digital tools that we used really were designed to enhance the classroom experience, right? Yeah. Um and I think after going through this, there for me. There'll be an that'll that'll be even stronger. So the ability to have the digital tools and give like almost instant feedback to the students, because um, some of that had to be enhanced in this space. Just the ability to get them quick feedback because their attention span was shorter, the classes were shorter. So just the ability to get them that feedback instantly—that's um, the part that's probably going to be enhanced and 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 definitely will stay um, within the classroom. And then also. The ability to meet, because meet each student where they are, because even in this space, students, you know, they're still they're at different positions and they can take what you give them and go different distances with them. So just that also that ability to customize their learning will also be enhanced for sure.
0: I mean, Laura, Craig talked about this sort of seminal pivot point in the history of education, you know, and I and I concur with that. I mean, here you and your colleagues in lower school are—you've introduced technology that heretofore you had either not had exposure with or not used in your classrooms at all. Like, where where are you seeing your confidence now to bring something back to the normal classroom in an area where before in a lower school you may never had you may never would have expected to see it?
3: Um, well, I don't know if it's where you've never seen it before, but really just the communication with parents. Mm. and building that partnership, because we have to have a much larger role with our learners than with middle school and upper school students. Um, but I mean, from the beginning, I was very transparent um, about not knowing what I was doing, and that we were going to learn this together. But no matter what, like, I I was still steadfast to my commitment to their children. Um, And I think that that has just really paid back in spades because they have been nothing but supportive and kind and, you know, how can we help? What can we do? This is working for my kid. This isn't working for my kid. Um, But just, I will always just have open and much stronger lines of communication with parents.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. And and I think even surprising to me, but it's kind of to Kevin's point around this, um, this uh, really incredible ability now to personalize or almost tailor, right? Those, those relationships and that dialogue back and forth with the parents is another, another reflection of that. You know, it's really interesting. So Craig, I mean, this I think is a, a horribly obvious question, but I'm going to pose it anyway, wondering if you guys will take us take me somewhere where I wasn't expecting, but what, it is what you miss too obvious, a question? In other words, I missed the relationship with the students and the faculty. You've already referred to it. Or is there something else that you miss that we should make visible here?
1: No, I mean, I think, I think it is, is exactly that. I mean, I, I, I popped up on something to just today that a year ago today we had, you know, 40 people at Saturday morning pick up soccer, and 10 of those were alumni. Right. Because school college kids are getting home and they're done. And and um, and that that this is that time of year where that you know, spring for us. For me, it's the soccer part right now. Um, the, yeah. The obvious stuff, seeing the kids every day in the classroom. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't mean to jump back, but I'll, the one want you to know, one, one thing that I think will stay afterwards from. this. Yeah, three, I, I really, really like virtual office hours. I love being a like I I did I just put a Friday you know drop in and the kids go in there and it's a Google Doc they can sign in for a time and they can come in together and um and that's where I was able to do my version of Kevin's meeting and where they are because I have AP students and so they're coming in with specifics and just getting that time to answer those questions and and uh, that part for me I'm never getting rid of virtual office hours because. I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have much, too much to add in part on top of the what am I missing. It, it is pretty much the obvious things you'd expect.
0: And I would throw in something like, and again, I think everything kind of emerges out of the context of relationships, but I miss going to a chapel per day. You know, and again, like you could say, well, that's because where everybody is. And so it's, it's relational, but it's also the it's also the it's also where that fits into the routine of my life where now I recognize it's void. Like I still watch one of our virtual chapels every morning, but it doesn't feel to me like standing outside one of our chapel spaces and and feeling the community gather and then having that time personally to go into that space and settle and reflect and sort of regain myself. So that, too, is like there are elements of our routine that are, that are very precise. That I would that I would suggest. Kevin, are you missing something beyond the relationships? Like that, when you think about um, life here at, uh, on campus, that um, strikes you?
1: Corn dog day at lunchroom. Ah,
0: that's a good one. Blanch
2: <laughs>
0: <Hey. laughs> is amazing. Um,
2: I, I, of course, the relationships are the biggest thing, and the idiosyncrasies that happen in classrooms, like hearing kids and seeing kids have that aha moment Mm -hmm. like you don't i don't like i get that across the virtual space but another thing that i miss outside and again outside of relationship is that permanent structure right so i know for me um wake up at a certain time get to school at a certain time teach then i break and and then i have soccer responsibilities so that helps and then at the end of the day i can leave that and come home and then it's family time but now in this space like a lot of that stuff is bleeding together. I'm having some family time in the middle of the day, then back to work then, and that really is tough for me. Like just yeah, managing that is, is, is hard for me.
0: That's really a great one. That structure that it provides the home, the home and, uh, and work lives blurring. Uh, Laura, how about you? you? Do you have anything that about the, the routine or, or place of campus or the people of, beyond the people of campus that you miss?
3: Everything. Uh, I, specifically, and this kind of goes back to your chapel, um, and because we're with our students all day in the same room, I just miss the energy of the room, and how that would change, you know, when, when Mr. Monaco walks in, that energy changes, you know, if somebody walks in with wiggly teeth that energy changes just the buzz of the people there, you know, when somebody gets carried away with a pencil and writes their name on the table four times, the energy changes. So I just, I miss that. Yep. Um,
0: just, yeah. You know, yeah. I really appreciate that. And I know as one who's been going to camp, going to the campuses every day since we've left, um, you know, those, those spaces are living ecosystems to me, like the buildings live. Right. And so they live at a lesser version of themselves now because you all are not there and the kids are not there. Um, they are like an ecosystem to me that's out of balance. And you can you can feel that when you walk within those hallways, there, it's uh, spooky and that lockers are open now to be cleaned. And so there's relic of, of, of our students there. There's art on the walls and there's work that's been done in your classrooms. And it's uh, becoming increasingly now after two months, a bit like walking through a ghost town in the wild, wild west, right? It's like, oh, they were here you know, and now they're not. And that is, that's also been um, kind of emotionally jarring to me the longer that it is all gone on. And so you end up again, to that point, missing the energy and the sense of place, like it is the relationships and the people, but it's, it it is more this sort of ecosystem of structure that Kevin talked about and people uh, and connection that, um, that, you know, makes our experience as school people, um, what we, what we crave and what is, what we've been driven to and and drawn to uh, professionally. But you all have referenced this around the outside, Kevin, with the structure and Laura, with your family. We've all talked about kind of the return of older kids to the home. So I I can usually wrap, I want to explore this a little bit. So you're all parents, we even have a grandparent here at Craig's, you guys have busy lives. And so managing the home and the teaching um you know how has that worked in like really practical fundamental ways for you to attend to virtual office hours but then also to have a child walking through the room behind you like just unpack some of those experiences from a good bad and ugly standpoint for you um how how has that been kevin you want to you want to get started
2: yeah i'll kick it off so um so in the household you know we have myself my wife my two brothers daughters, daughters both one a senior who came home from college and one is a senior in high school so they were finishing up curriculum and wow. my wife was working as well because she's also an educator so for me it was just really and i've always been you know seventh graders you can't hide from seventh graders so you just have to be honest with them so you know we'll be having class and kids will be like is that your wife in the background is that your dog you know so i just incorporated it all into the <laughs> into the learning experience um and I, I'm just pretty open with it. Um, but for the most part, the challenge is trying to find a quiet spot. Four of us using Wi-Fi, you know, that can be challenging at times. But other than that, it's been it's been pretty good. The students the students are pretty. I mean, they're understanding too. I'm I'm typically the teacher that's joking with students about stuff that they're have hanging on their walls or you yeah, know, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Also, so you know, so it yeah. goes back and forth. And to Craig's point, that helps. Like when we do that at the beginning of class, that helps with the energy and it helps open them up, and it helps with the conversation. So it actually helps to get things going.
0: Yeah, it kind of humanizes you in a way, right? I mean, in, in a in a way that they don't see when you're here when you're here every day. Craig, besides uh, minimize bandwidth in your busy home, what else? What else has been a, 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 what else has been the experience of working and and, uh, and living at your at the Savage household?
1: Well, did you see Declan walk by a little while? I ago? did. Okay. <laughs> I did see. It. Um, he looked, walked in and realized I was on a call, and uh, <laughs> walked back away. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because Declan has both Declan and Ray have basically sat in on my classes. You know, Ray Declan took my classes, so he's interested in hearing it. But Ray refused to take my classes out of spite, but she's sitting in the background in the and she'll start yelling out answers. I'm like, you know, you could have taken the class, you know, but you didn't want to do it. Um, so she's actually, it's it's interesting because she's seeing she tells me sometimes when just at home you can get out of teacher mode right now, dad. Um, but I think that's it. It's like, it's like being able to turn off when it's time to turn off and get back to family time. Um, I'm not, that's not easy for me because I'm I'm okay to be 24 uh, seven. Um, the last couple of days, my, I, I even gave up. I mean, I'm texting as people are doing AP review because email, sometimes I don't get too fast enough that I am doing family time. So I'm stopping and texting. So for me, it's about, and I, it's okay the last part because ap review is just intense but um kind of being able to turn it off too yeah. when you live in your classroom now turning off is important and i don't always do that well um and then you know physical space and we did downsize to a smaller house and then also everybody's back and you know uh, it, lori's been her moved her office to the outside and until today it's been pretty pleasant most days but there was one day it was really cold out there early on and then today it's hot. And um, she's ready for me to be done with classes so she can move back inside um, or she's just going to kick me out. But yeah, that's that's the basic thing. But I think the turning off part is, for me,
0: is it. Yeah, I think every remote person across the country is facing that same dilemma Kevin referenced it too. It's like, where does, where does that boundary end between coming home and, and flipping into home mode and, and relaxing mode and, and still being at work? Laurie, got uh, a super busy house with three young, really active boys who I've had a chance to see periodically over the last couple of months so like i mean on your worst day and i know you've had several like on your worst day what has that felt like they're trying to be mom teacher teacher of kids spouse yeah,
3: yeah. um i am I've, I've learned that while they're great boys and students at their respective schools and in their classrooms, they've really reserved some unique behaviors for me. Uh, when I when I am um, labored with teaching them what they need to learn, um, so that's definitely been hard. Is walking that line of parent and teacher because um, they still require a fair amount of instruction in what they're doing, um, and and my husband is in an office all day long. So who I compete with bandwidth, you know, they all have Zoom meetings and um, are getting on Google Meets, but it's, it's just, a, it's the same thing. You can't turn it off if, if you're teaching your kids and parenting your kids and working from home. Um, I feel like the lines get blurred very quickly. Um, and you know, some days you do one thing better than the other it's it, I, I've never really achieved a balance in any of them um and I keep on trying but at this point they know whenever they they hear other voices besides mine that um they have free reign on the fridge and there's not a lot I'm gonna do about it so I don't really know what's happening
0: yeah and you've got spouses you know who are dealing with their own stresses at work right like so the fact is, like the whole house, had, talk about energy here on campus, like the whole charge of our homes can be different based on the mechanics of what's happening uh, at any given moment, too. And so I know all of our colleagues are facing different calculus equations of uh, the pressure for being a parish employee, the pressure being a, a parent, the pressure being a spouse. And in, as Laura was saying, in any given day, you know, that calculus fits differently. And so That's been um, incredibly unique and humbling to um, hear these stories and learn about and um, also humbling because, you know, uh, we uh, school people, I think, are fixers and I think administrators try to be fixers. And I've wanted so much to be able to reach out and try to make circumstances for the people that are doing so much for parish as employees better and you really can't. Like <laughs> we're all we're all just being dealt uh, a, a really big dose of humility when it comes to being able to make this um, better, to make it to to make it go away. But I mean, in closing, I know we all head into the summer a wanting some um, some restoration and and some uh, return of energy. But you know, we know next year is going to be different in uh, in its form. How different we yet quite, can't quite yet discern. But if you had to think about one thing that um, you would like to see work better for for a parish from a distance you know what is that one thing that you're going to try to to um hone in on this summer and 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 try to take from 2.0 to to 3.0 uh, as it, as it were um where where are you starting kevin
2: really for for me it will be just um it's really about you know it's it's always been about the kids and the students so just Cause some of them still struggle a lot of my students those not a lot but some of them they all have their unique struggles and some of them you know are doing fine in this space and some of them aren't and it's yeah. just um hoping the challenge with middle yeah. school is always helping them see the purpose in what they're learning and enjoy what they're learning right so that has kind of been compounded in this space because some kids just don't like distance learning right so yeah. just whatever the two point old version is just to help have them see value and appreciate and enjoy what they're learning and that that will always be the main focus so just in this space like for those that struggle with it just helping them do that
0: yeah it's an outstanding point be they learning different kids or, or kids that learn more with a, in a hands-on modality or more of a project or just need the human contact i have heard both i've heard both scale i've heard some parents say my kid who maybe socially didn't always connect at school in a, in a real vibrant way. My kid could not be happier, right? (laughs) And I've had others say, um, you know, my my student is just, you know, really missing the ability to interact with with teachers and peers in the content, in the moment, in a class environment. So I I think that's a great, that's a great point. Um, Craig, where's your aspiration, like one point aspiration for improvement um, this summer?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know quickly we had to had to qu- both create and curate really well yeah and so i'm thinking ahead as far as like um if you curate the right thing because i want class time to be really robust and really interactive and and i think that a lot of times at the beginning of my course my own excitement and energy for the topic pulls them in and i would worry about if we had started the year like that if that would have happened Interesting. so so if if, if there's some prospect that we may in the early part of the year not be fully back or whatever might happen, we don't know, like how do I capture that and pull them in right away? Um, So that's, I'm thinking a lot about that.
0: That's a really interesting point about the fact that we had six, seven months to set routines, to build relationships, to generate excitement for content so if if a year starts differently right really interesting and
1: and we're we're in the summer courses like that because the summer course has the element of the on-campus to to I can see them get to know them and put put names to faces i don't know how well that's going to do through the beginning of of the online for the summer course which is going to be starting as just you know be distant this whole summer yeah it's usually a mixture of on-campus and distance um it'll be interesting so we're going to have to work really hard
0: yeah, and Laura, so much new learned in the in the lower school environment. I mean, you could probably pick from a really um, robust set of possibilities. But where where would you and maybe you and Julie think, oh, we've already talked about it. This is the one. This is the one big wrench turn that we'd love to make in our program.
3: I think that you know when we left on the twelfth, we just had that big pandemic blind spot, and we were at the point where when we started um, parish from a distance, we had to teach our students how to teach learners from distance, um, and if we could just kind of put those expectations up beforehand, and just say this is how we're going to do things. This is what it. This is what your class meeting is going to be like. Um that that would be very helpful
0: yeah. for yeah, us. Setting, setting some just ground just teaching
3: them how to be from a distance. Um, you know, basic. This is what a mouse does. Yeah. And they just don't have that experience. Um yeah. nor do they realize that what the interaction is like on screen.
0: Yeah, just thinking with you. I mean, that's something that even could be done in a in a video form and and made into a library this right. summer that families and kids could go back to and and could start the year from. But you'd have enough time to create um, kind of a a, a handy dandy uh, you know uh, repository of some, of some tricks for for kids to manage that space. Um, I could talk to y'all for a long time about this because you know we've uh, experienced something so novel and unique within the. Uh, within the history of the institution and really in our profession, but uh, at the end of a, of a long day and a long two months, um, I, I want to respect your time and I just want to communicate on behalf of the um, broader parish community, you know, my appreciation to you as representatives of a, of a, of a faculty and staff of a, of a couple hundred uh, people. Um, for what y'all have done um, for Parish and for our students and, and, and community. So thank, thank you all. Thank you all for that. And, and best wishes here as we get through this last week and and finish with a a flourish and, and get into some rest this summer.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. As we break for summer, Whatever that means at this point, I wish our listeners continued good health and wellness. I may appear this summer with a pop-up episode as circumstances present themselves otherwise. Until the next time, thanks for joining me in the From My Angle podcast and have a terrific summer.